Welcome to the Cody Felger Podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking Colts football. Here is your host, Cody Felger. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's our host, Evan Sidery. You can follow us over on Twitter if you haven't already for Locked On Colts at Locked On Colts. Your supporters are appreciate as always. We're joined by a very special guest today, though, on our Wednesday episode, Cody Felger. His self-titled podcast, Cody Felger Podcast, is a Colts fan. Cody, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. And uh, we're going to go over some really fun topics today. As far as prop bets, over-unders for you guys, I know Vegas came out with the over-under of the Colts' nine-and-a-half wins. We'll get into more of that later. But first off, Cody, since I haven't had you on the podcast yet, I want to get your own personal thoughts about how the Colts' offseason has gone so far because you got Just Houston, you got Devin Funches in the building. I think they had to draft out of the park again with Chris Ballard and co. What do you think about the offseason so far for the Colts? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it was definitely an underwhelming offseason, especially for people who don't follow the Colts super closely and people who may watch, you know, kind of the big networks, you know, people predicting, oh, the Colts should go after Le'Veon Bell, the Antonio Brown, those kind of players with all the cap space they have. Uh, But I think overall we saw that Chris Ballard did exactly what he said he was going to do, you know, where he acquired more picks in the draft. You know, he he was very, very selective. And it seems like with both guys that he he got the big names, Justin Houston and Devin Funches. I mean, they're good character guys and that's kind of the culture that he wants. And, uh, I think overall, uh, free agency, he was very, very careful. And I think that's what, you know, kind of a trend that we've noticed. It's like Ballard may not go after those first tier well-known guys, although Justin Houston was a well-known guy. But for the most part, he's very, very, I don't know the word, I guess he's very, very careful and very, very methodical in the way that he approaches free agency, the way that he approaches just talking to players, negotiating with players and, um, I think overall, for me, in the free agency process, I wasn't too shocked that he didn't do a whole lot. I mean, he got a couple players, but I think he was very, very – I think it was a very, very good free agency period for the Colts because you know they got kind of two ends of the spectrum where you have a guy like Justin Houston who has been doing it for so long. I mean, 2014, he led the league in sacks, and so he's been a guy that's been there and done that, maybe a little bit outside of his prime. I mean, he's, I think he's 30 now. Um, Then you got a guy like Devin Funches, who is just now entering his prime, who hasn't quite lived up to expectations. I think he's a second-round pick out of Michigan a few years ago for Carolina. And so you look at those guys, and I know Ballard is kind of talking about the whole – you know, Ballard talks about how much he values that whole locker room and, you know, establishing that culture. And so I think it was really, really um, important for Ballard to find a guy on that defensive line because – um, you know, you got Jabal Sheard, and but he's kind of a quiet leader. And then you got a guy like Justin Houston who had done it before. I think it was important for him to get a voice uh, guy um, who has done it before. And I mean, he's not too too old, even though he's just entering thirty years old. But um, and then you got a guy like Funches who just has loads of potential. I mean, former second round pick. Um, he's entering a locker room where he can learn from guys like T.Y. Hilton. Um, he can learn from you know Reggie Wayne, who will be in and out of the building or whatever. Um, so I think overall for free agency from just kind of what I've seen of Ballard over the last couple of years, um, it was not too shocking, but it was cool because the Colts added some talent as well and they didn't really overspend for it. Um, as far as the draft goes, uh, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think the, the one complaint that most Colts fans has were just like, man, we just stayed up all night to watch them trade down. But, uh, 
it's good. It was good because the Colts acquired another second round pick next year. And man, they've got, I don't even know how many second round picks. Like the last three years, they have nine, nine or 10 total second round picks. So it's like, if they feel like there's a guy and I think that's what Ballard and company felt like, like there's not that big of a drop off from the end of the first round to the beginning of the second round. And, and to be able to pick up a second round pick from that, I mean, that's another pretty high pick. And so I think overall the Colts addressed what they really needed to address. Um, I think for a lot of people, they see kind of, yes, the Colts cornerbacks last year, they had a pretty good year, I would say, considering the expectation that was placed on them. Um, but then we saw kind of in the Kansas City game with that whole, how the Colts last year played a lot of zone coverage. And we saw how, you know, when they, when they find a good quarterback, when they play against a good quarterback, and they, they will this year a lot more, um, zone's not going to work all the time. They're going to have to have guys who can line up man-to-man on people and shut receivers down. And so the selection of Rocky Asin, I mean, I wasn't too surprised because I know the Colts really want that, and I know they like their corner group, um, and that just adds more competition and more depth. Um, yeah, I think just the focus on the defensive draft, I think was important for the Colts as well, because we know how high profile their offense is. We know how many good players they have. Maybe they're a top offense last year. Um, they feel really good about that. Um, but as far as the defense, I think Matt Aberflus did a fantastic job last year with the people that he had. But I mean, I think it kind of showed up come playoff time is like the Colts needed to ultimately upgrade their talent. Um, their top end talent and, and the ability to use, I think they had 10 draft picks to use nine of those um, on, or I guess not nine of those, but the first couple uh, for the first, basically, what was it? Six rounds to find defensive players outside of Paris Campbell, I think was huge for them just to add competition, to add talent, um, especially in the secondary and more specifically in at the safety position, because you know, you saw last year, ideally, you don't want to be starting guys like J.J. Wilcox, the guys who come off the street um, against the Patrick Mahomes and company come playoff time. And so I think while the Colts were the Colts have talent on the defensive side, uh, I think one thing that they lacked for sure was depth and finding that um, within the draft, I think, was huge for them. And also they signed a guy, Darren Ken- Derek Kendrick, who I think is kind of a guy that nobody really talks about. But I mean, he's still a young player uh, who has time to develop and he's only been in the league a couple of years. So that's more talent. And I think this year was just about getting that depth on defense. And I think that's what Ballard intended to do. And I mean, he got a next, a, a, another pick next year, kind of a high pick. So he has the ability to add more to that defense next year as well. But overall, I think the Colts did had a solid off season. I really do. Um, I like the, the approach that they took as far as, free agency as far as the draft. And so it's exciting because I feel like the Colts are, you know, now they're into in their second year with the coaching staff pretty much intact outside of their offensive line coach. But um, I think it's really cool to see how they're going to gel in this next year and just adding more talent every year. You know, Chris Ballard always talked about stacking drafts on drafts. And I think the Colts have done that now where they have three drafts that they're going to be now stacking onto each other. And really two drafts uh, with Chris Ballard's staff, with Chris Ballard's scouts and everybody um, from Chris Ballard. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's going to be an intriguing year. I know the Colts, at least on paper, have a lot tougher schedule this year than last year. And so, uh, but I think, so I think they did what they needed to do. And that'll be interesting to just see how it all comes together um, coming in 2019. 
I'm curious about your viewpoint with this, Cody, because we're kind of from the same tree as far as fans. And I've had a lot of journalists on for, for obvious reasons with the Lockdown Network. But I mean, from your point of view and my point of view as fan, just how much of a nice change of pace is it for going from a Ryan Grigson to a Chris Bauer? Because like you mentioned, you we were talking about Bauer there. He's just so savvy. He's very smart with his money. They're going to have over $90 million in cash space still for next year. They had over 100 for this year as well. Just continuing the role over that money, using those picks, trading back in more ass in the draft. It just seems like he knows what he's doing. And obviously we know now Ryan Grixon really didn't know what he was doing because he did the, almost the opposite of what Chris Bauer is doing nowadays. Just what from your vantage point, what's it like just seeing – I mean, obviously I was naive back in the day. I don't know if you were as well. Like when the Trimerson trade happened, I freaked out in excitement because we just got, I think, an all-pro running back. Obviously it didn't work out that way. But it was a sort of, sort of short-sighted moves with Grixon. But now under Chris Bauer, it's more of a long-term vision where actually the process is playing itself out. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I was kind of back in the day, was excited about, I hate to admit it, but I was excited about that trade as well. Um, I think one thing that we see that, you know, while on paper, it might not be super, super exciting in the offseason, like we're not signing Andre Johnson, Trent Cole, those kind of players, you know, the high profile players. Um, I think it's nice to know that there's a guy in Ballard who's going to stick by what he says. And he's not just going to say things to say things. Um, but he's a guy that's going to stand by what he says. And also, um, you know, when we saw the Colts after they made their AFC championship run kind of go all in, um, it's something interesting that I kind of heard from Ballard is like, they're, they're setting a foundation here. So it's not going to be a Super Bowl or bust year. It's going to be like, no, we're going to continuously improve. You know, like I mentioned, stack drafts on drafts. And so the Colts aren't just going to be relevant for a couple of years. They're going to be relevant for, you know, eight to 10 years. And I think that's the major difference between those two is like Ryan Grixon. I think he got a little hat, little excited. He's like, oh, man, we've made the AFC championship. Just add a few more pieces. Right. And then we'll be in there. And Ballard's always like, no, it's always, always about building more depth. Like you're never just the player away. And so I think that's something that I've come to respect about Ballard, even though sometimes he can, you know, as a, as a fan and you want stuff, uh, exciting stuff to happen to with your team and stuff. Um, and on paper, maybe it, sometimes it doesn't appear like that with the Colts. Um, I think I've just come to appreciate Ballard and just how much he sticks to his word and, and just realizing like, okay, the Colts are going to be, you know, they majorly exceeded expectations last year and now they're adding more talent. They're sticking to the process. They're not getting trigger happy, you know, where they're, they're just like, okay, now we have, now we can go to the Super Bowl there. They're very methodical in what they do, like I mentioned. And it's just refreshing to me to just kind of go from one extreme, like you mentioned, to another. Um, and this one seems to be more sustained success for the Colts' future. I'm curious about this, your viewpoint on this as well, Cody, because I think it's incredible how quick they turn this thing around, or Chris Bauer and co. Because two years ago, Chad Pagano was still the head coach of this team. And now all of a sudden, everyone's talking about Super Bowl, not Super Bowl or bust, so to say, but they're, they're, Peter King ranked them as the third best team in the NFL going into this year. So the hyper in this team is pretty legit right now. Look at the roster, one through 53. I think it's one of the deepest in the NFL, too. Just what does it say about Chris Bauer, how he's really overhauled this roster in record time and just how good they've been in these last year and a half or so? Yeah, man. And I know we always talk about how good Chris Ballard has drafted, but I just look at the, some of the guys that he's found in undrafted, the undrafted free agents that he's found or the waiver wires he's found. I mean, Last year, two of his starting corners, I think he found on the same day in 2017. Um, I mean, so it just speaks to the guy. You know, Chris Ballard has talked about how 
you know, free agency and that whole process of acquiring free agents, it's a uh, everyday thing, year round thing. And I think he really believes it. And they're, they're constantly looking to improve their roster. And I think that just speaks to how Ballard is never going to settle. Um, he's never going to think the roster is good enough. He's, he's kind of similar to me um, in a way, like he's, I think he's a perfectionist. And so he's always like, Oh, how can we improve this area? Maybe this area is not where we think it should be. How can we improve? And he, he's always looking to improve. And I think that's what separates him from you know other GMs because I kind of look at like some GMs and I'm like, really like outside of their draft, who have they found? And I think we, we saw even throwing it back to the Bill, Bill, Bill Polian days, excuse me. He found guys who were glue guys, really good. Like Jeff, your Jeff Saturdays, your Gary Brackett. He found guys that weren't drafted um, who made huge impacts and ultimately contributed to, you know, world championship. AFC South championships all the time. And, and so I think that is an important aspect and also finding, finding guys later on in the draft is something that Ballard has been really, really good at. I mean, you look even in 2017, I mean, he found Marlon Mack in the, I mean, kind of in the mid round, fourth round, Anthony Walker in the fifth round starting linebacker last year. And then you look 2018, he found Naheem Hines. He found, I mean, he found a couple, like I think all the draft picks last year made the roster and, and contributed in some way to the Colts. And so just looking at how um, he's he's found guys that are good guys and good players everywhere, not just at the top of the draft, but at the end of the draft, not even in the draft, um, you know, free agency, he's found, you know, guys like Danico Autry last year who nine sacks and I can't remember how many games, you know, he missed some. Um, and then, you know, he got find guys like Marcus Hunt, like who in the world is Marcus Hunt? Um, but now he, you know, he, he had one of his best, his best year last year with the Colts. And so, it's just cool though, because you just never know. Like you, I think in the past when I've looked at like throwing it back to the Ryan Grixon days, when I looked at like some of these undrafted free agents, I was like, I don't really know if any of them are going to contribute to the team. When I, where now I look at it and I'm like, oh man, which guy is going to contribute to the team? You know? Uh, and so it's just, it's refreshing, man. It, it's cool. And it just speaks to the, how good Ballard and the scouts are at evaluating talent and evaluating character and evaluating these guys will help the horseshoe. And so, yeah, man, that, that, I think that's the main difference. And that really speaks to just Ballard in his process again, going back to that. And so, um, yeah, man, it, it's definitely exciting. If you're a Colts fan to just finally have a GM who is very, very good at what he does. Yeah, it really is. It's exciting for everyone as Colts fan, because as we talk about on this podcast, it's going from Griggs and the Bauer. It's really Jekyll and Hyde, so to say, is how complete opposites they were at their jobs. And it's pretty great to see how Chris Bauer has sustained this team's success, it looks like, for the next eight to ten years with how much young time he's brought in. Because if you look it up, I did the crunchy numbers yesterday. The Colts have had ten picks in the top 65 in the last three years under Chris Bauer. No other team has had at least eight. So that kind of speaks to how Chris Bauer kind of plays chess while everyone's playing checkers in the draft, so to say. But we should move on here, Cody, to our over-under segment. And we're going to go – Start with the quarterback, number 12, Andrew Luck. His career high in touchdowns, if you guys didn't know, is 40. Over under Cody, 40 and a half next year for Andrew Luck. Yeah. So something that I found was interesting, uh, when Andrew Luck did throw those 40 touchdowns, I think it was his first time in his career in the NFL where he had the off- his offensive coordinator for a second year. So Pep Hamilton in that case, um, where he threw 40 touchdowns. Uh, I believe that was 2014 where he threw 40 touchdowns up. I'm not, don't fact check me on that. I'm not quite sure. Um, but then I look at 
wow, there, there might be something to that, you know, where Andrew Luck is now more familiar with, with Nick Sirianni, Frank Reich's system. Um, so I'm going to go over, I think. I'm going to go over. I'm going to take a little leap of faith here. Um, trust that Andrew Luck's got, you know, one of the best offensive lines in football now. Because I think he was doing that with not really a great offensive line. So you throw in one of the best offensive lines, at least last year in football. Um, you throw in a couple more guys uh, with Devin Funches, Paris Campbell. You got Jack Doyle coming back. Um, I think Mo Ali Cox made some good, good strides in his second year. And then you got uh, Ross Travis coming back, who's a big body guy as well. I know the Colts are pretty high on him. And so you got, and then you actually have a running game. I think for the first time in Andrew Luck's career, I think Marlon Mack had multiple hundred yard games last year. And so um, it definitely, I think, you know, Andrew Luck will throw more, um, not necessarily because he has to, but because he has more, the most talent around him on offense and a better system, the best system he's ever had. And so I'm going to go over, I think. I'm right there with you. I'm with you on over. I think it's going to be pretty easily over. I'm, I was thinking more of going along the lines of like over under like 44 and a half. Cause I feel like there's a chance he goes for 45 or more touchdowns. And what do, what do you think the chances are before we go into our next prop bet, as far as the chance he puts up like video game, Patrick Mahomes ass numbers like last year, cause with all the weapons, Cody, Andrew looks never had these types of weapons. I think Peyton Manning, it's giving a paid and run for his money. I think with all the weapons he's had in his career during his season, do you think there's any chance Andrew Luck just lights the world on fire next year? Yeah, I definitely think uh, from an efficiency standpoint, he definitely will. Um, the only thing that I'd be kind of hesitant on, and this is maybe playing devil's advocate a little bit, is that, like I mentioned, now he has a running game. For probably the you know the first time in his career uh, in the NFL, he actually has a running game. And so will that running game, kind of, will the Colts kind of lean on that next year? Because I know Reich has expressed how he wants to improve that next year. So does that mean more touches for Marlon Mack? Does that mean that Andrew Luck doesn't have to do as much as he did last year? Um, so I'm going to say no from a you know gaudy numbers standpoint, but I think efficiency-wise, and Andrew Luck's going to have the best season of his career for sure. Um, but I just don't know if I can 100% be sold on, yes, he's going to throw 5,000 yards, you know, 50 touchdowns or anything like that. Nothing, not because Andrew Luck can't do it, but because – you know, there's there's guys uh, with Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, and now they added Spencer Ware. I mean, they have they have guys that can run the football, and so maybe they could take away from his statistics a little bit, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought up the running backs. That's actually the next question for you, Cody, with the over under game. This feels like an easy one for both of us here because I set the over under kind of low here just because I'm betting on health with him. I think that's the biggest question. But Marlon Mack over under 1,000.5 rushing yards. Yeah. Um, and that is the, that is the question. Like you mentioned, it's the health of Marlon Mack. Um, I think something that's interesting is like after Marlon Mack got healthy, um, I mean, really, he really didn't deal with, I don't, I don't, I don't think he really dealt with any more injuries after that. Um, so that's could be a good sign for the Colts going forward, but I know with the sign in the Spencer where that kind of says, okay, maybe we're not a hundred percent sold that Marlon Mack will be available for 16 games. Um, but I still think, you know, Marlon Mack played what 10, 11 games and he still almost had a thousand yards. So I think thinking that and saying that, I think I'm going to have to go over again because I think Marlon Mack just was so phenomenal last year, um, in the games that he played. And so, you know, if you add the play, a couple of playoff games in there, uh, I think Marlon Mack was over that. So I definitely think it's going to be over for me. Um, that that's what I'm going to stick with. 
I'm right there with you. Okay? I'm going over as well. I think it's going to be an easy over this time, too. I think Marlon's going to stay healthy this year. He's going to poke around 1,200, 1,300 yards behind the best offensive line in football led by Quentin Nelson. But our next over-under for you, Paris Campbell, who by far is the most exciting Colts rookie so far as far as buzz go. But when you look at T.Y. Hilton's rookie numbers, we're just going to compare those guys for just a second because I think down the line, three to five years from now, I think T.Y. is going to eventually pass that baton to Paris Campbell. But T.Y. Hilton, his rookie year, had 850 receiving yards. What do you think about the possibility of over-under Paris Campbell getting 850 yards from scrimmage this year? Hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed about, and I've kind of heard about Paris Campbell, is like the way Ohio State used him was not a deep threat per se. I mean, he, he it's not like he can't go deep, but they just didn't use him in that way. And so I'm going to go under just for the simple fact that I think Paris Campbell will get targets, but maybe not necessarily get tons and tons of yards, you know, like a T.Y. Hilton 80-yard bomb all the time. Um, so I'm going to go under. And also the, my reasoning behind that is the Colts have – Andrew Luck has a lot of weapons. He has a lot of weapons that he has to spread the ball around to. And so, um, well, I think he might be around that number, um, and I would love it if he was over that number for sure. Uh, I'm going to say he's around 700 to 800 yards. That's just – that's just my feeling I get. I think he's definitely going to be a big part of their offense. But, again, it goes back to uh, just getting all the guys involved on their offense. And so I, I would say under for Paris Campbell. I think you're right on there. I think it's really close to that 850 number because if Paris Campbell really impresses early on, he has a couple big games, he could really supplant that bunch as a number two receiver. But, well, obviously you see on that later on in the season. But it's going to be really close as far as 850.5 goes for scrimmage yards for Paris Campbell. But – Next on our list, Cody, Eric Ebron, who had 13 pass receptions last year, nine and a half this year for Ebron. Yeah, I'm going to go over. I'm just going to say 10 um, just because, you know, I think he doesn't take a significant step back. But I think with Devin Funches, he's another red zone guy you got with that running game. Um, I think he'll still be over, but I think he won't put up. You know, he said Eric Ebron was quoted and said he wants to break Rob Gronkowski's record well. Uh, that's easier said than done. Uh, I think Ebron certainly showed that he can do that. Um, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say over, I definitely am going to say over. And I think, I think 10 is a good number to just kind of set it at uh, for Eric Ebron. And then you got Jack Doyle coming back. So he might take a couple of those away. So I'm going to say over, but I'm going to stick with 10. All right. I'm going to go slightly under there. I'm going to go with nine just because I feel like that's kind of the nine, 10 mark. I feel like is kind of realistic for Ebron this year. And you see, like you said, all the weapons they have this year now, especially what do you think about uh, Ebron's comments about that Gronk record? Do you think that's even realistic this year, all the weapons they have? <laughs> um, I certainly think he has the ability to, uh, for sure. Uh, I don't know. It's really tough because it's like, let, let's look back at that year when Gronk did it. I mean, Gronk was really, I can't even remember who the Patriots had that year, but I feel like Gronk was really the only big target, you know, red zone threat, and he's Gronk. Um, so... I love it. I love the confidence of Ebron for sure. Um, and there's certainly nothing wrong with having confidence. And so I love the comments, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you. You got to love just the personality Ebron has. And they really took him in as far as he really wasn't loving Detroit, but the Colts fans in the Colts locker room has really embraced him. It's great to see. He's also doing all the LTE stuff with Andrew Luck. It's really fun to see. But next topic, T.Y. Hilton for you, Cody. 1,200 and a 1,200 receiving yards for T.Y. I think over-under for that. Yeah, I think, I think I'll go over just because T.Y. Hilton has been consistent, consistently at that 1,000-yard mark. Um, and I think with Andrew Luck taking a step forward, I mean, 
this year with with what I what I predict will happen with Frank Reich's offense in year two. Um, I think Hilton will still stay at that mark, and I think I think that's a good number right there, twelve hundred yards um, for T.Y. Hilton, just because you know you got that guy who can take over take the top off the defense at any time. Um, and I think with the additions of of those other receivers, they can kind of take the pressure off of T.Y. Hilton, and T.Y. Hilton will be healthy, and that that will certainly be a big thing. I mean, he was even putting up big numbers when he had that, you know, whatever that was, uh, it was like a strain of something with the ankle, I think low and high ankle sprain on the same leg or something like that. I mean, you're still putting up those numbers. And so I think that T.Y. Hilton will definitely get around that number um, come next year. If everything goes well with Andrew Luck and if he makes the jump, like I think he will. Yeah, I'm right there with you as well, Cody. I think 1,200 or so yards is real for T.Y. I think the last time he had that was with a healthy Andrew Luck, and I think easily he could supplant that this year with all the weapons and all the extra space he has because if you think about it, there's going to be no double teams ever seen for any of these guys because they have so much guys to work with. But Devin Funches is our next topic here, Cody. Seven and a half touchdown receptions for Devin Funches this year. Hmm, that's a good one. I'm going to say he has... I'm going to say eight to nine. So I'm going to go over. Um, I think he's just, a, I think he's a similar situation with as Ebron was last year where, you know, I, I don't, I just think that he was a guy that had a lot of expectations on him and he began to show, I think before this last year that he could start maybe be a number one somewhere um, in Carolina and things just didn't work out last year. You know, Cam Newton got hurt and, Let's be honest, Cam Newton's not always known as the most accurate quarterback. Um, and so we see maybe with Andrew Luck, he gives he gives a guy like Funches more one-on-one opportunities, you know, better ball placement for him. And and maybe you and Frank Reich loves to use use his guys' uh strengths um for their team. And so I definitely think that he will have more than that. Um just just simply because of the scheme that Reich, you know, he can scheme up just getting Funches one-on-one with the guy and just using Funches' raw ability um, to get those touchdowns, similar to how he did with Eric Ebron last year. And the more, I think, it'll be good for them to kind of, you know, luck in Funches to kind of build that rapport. And I think as they go out, go on throughout the season, um, it'll get even stronger. I'm going to go slightly under here, just like the Ebron one. I feel like seven and a half, eight is realistic for him. I'm going to go seven with what he finished with this year because there's going to be so many yeah. weapons that have to get all these touches. But like you said, Cody, you have Funches, you have Ebron, you have T.Y., all these weapons around Andrew Luck. Just what's it going to be like? I feel like for the first time Andrew Luck's career is going to have all these weapons. Just it, It's going to be really amazing to watch. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, I think it'll be as good for Luck that I think for the first time in a long time, he's actually had a normal offseason. I mean, he got married. He did kind of think he didn't have to worry about, am I going to throw a football again? Um, and I think that that's good for Andrew Luck. Um I think it's it'll just be good because now because at this time last year he he wasn't throwing the ball. I think the only guy he'd really thrown a ball to uh, a couple guys I guess was what Jack Doyle and T.Y. Hilton and no other receivers or no other tight ends. And so I think that the Colts now with their players there they're more familiar with each other. They're more familiar with the system, and I think this offense will definitely see a jump um, come this coming next season on uh, 2019. And so. It's exciting, man. Uh, I think you can expect a lot of good things for the Colts um, with all these this talent that they've added, all this raw, you know, just potential. I think that for the first time, maybe in a long time, they have a coaching staff that can utilize that talent. 
Um, it can train up those guys. Um, unfortunately, Chuck Pagano and company and his coaching staff, they really didn't do that so well. And so I think that was maybe part of why Andrew Luck suffered sometimes. You know, part of it was a talent, but I think part of it was also, you know, players weren't being developed. And I think we saw last year with Reich and his staff is Chris Ballard, when he hired, when he was looking for a head coach, he really wanted to find a guy and a coaching staff that were teachers. And that's exactly what Reich and company are. I mean, they, they like to teach. They, they, they love to do that. They are teachers by nature. And so um, I think it'll be really cool to see how guys make strides, even from last year, the rookies last year to their second year, just to see how those guys will improve. And, and it's exciting to know that like these players are being developed. And so I think Colts fans can, can rest assured that, you know, the team's in good hands at the GM position and also at the coaching staff. Absolutely, Cody. I think you brought up some really good points there. And as a Colts fan out there, you should all be ecstatic about the future of this team. But I have one more playmaker on the list for you before we go over to the defensive side of things and also just hitting really quickly on the offensive line. Jack Doyle, mm-hmm. 65 and a half catches this year. He had 80 the last time he was fully healthy. Yeah, I think Jack Doyle is just your security blanket guy. I think he easily passes that. Um, just because he, when he even had 80 catches, I mean – Heck, his quarterback was Scott Dolzine and Jacoby Brissett, who just kind of got thrown into the system. Uh, so I think Jack Doyle can easily have that because while he might not necessarily make those highlight plays all the time, um, he's just that security blanket for Andrew Lux. So say Lux in a pinch, and he knows Doyle really well, probably one of the, the players he knows the best on the Colts roster. And so um, I think Doyle can definitely shatter that pretty easily, You know, whether it's just quick, five five to seven yard catches um i mean he could do that all day long and so i'm gonna say over for that for doyle i'm going over to i feel like maybe 70 to 75 is around where i think doyle's gonna end up i don't think it's gonna be a lot of yards so to say or a lot of touchdowns but i think it's gonna be a lot of like you said cody security blanket type catches where it's he has to get the catch i trust jack doyle's gonna go get it for me but our next topic here for you colt's offensive line 15 and a half total stacks allowed this year yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Can I like go right there? Cause I think that's about where it's going to be. Um, I think, I think 15 is a realistic number because I think my reasoning behind that is like the Colts offensive line, like, Oh my goodness. Last year they had that streak where they didn't allow sack for so many snaps. It was, it was crazy. Um, but and I think they will definitely improve this year uh, for sure. But I think around that number, because that was just kind of, that was that was unheard of what the Colts offensive line was doing um, in the second half of the season. And so I think the Kansas City game kind of maybe brought them back to reality a little bit. Um, well, I definitely think they, they will grow together, and I think that they will make strides, particularly in their running game. Um, I think they'll be just about, about that. I think they'll be about 15. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'll go under just because I think they were so, so good last year. Um, and I think they started off not particularly well, so that may have been a reason behind that. So I'm going to go slightly under. I'm going to say 13 to 14. That's going to be kind of where I am. But I, you know, around that number, I think is a good good place to bet. But that's just my opinion. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I'm curious what you think of that. Yeah, I was actually going to go under too. I think it's around 13, 14, like you said there. And it's isn't it crazy, Cody? We're even saying this after what Andrew Luck went through the last four or five years. It is, man. It's weird to think like, wow, the Colts, the Colts aren't weak on the offensive line. They're actually strong. Like that's one of their strengths. It's it's a weird thing that I'm still not quite uh, accustomed to saying. So yeah, it's definitely weird. 
Yeah, shout out to Quentin Nelson and crew doing their job up on the front line. But we're going to go over the defense side of things for three questions. We're going to go over some quick prop bets in the show out, Cody. Darius Leonard, mm-hmm. 160.5 tackles. He had 163 last year. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Well, as far as hmm, – that's a good question because tackle won't necessarily mean that he's – Um. You know, I'm. I think I'm going to go slightly under just because of how, and maybe I hope to be wrong because I love Darius Leonard, um, but I'm going to say slightly under because I think the Colts have added a lot of talent on their defense, and I think the more guys will be making more plays and stuff, and so Darius Leonard may not have to make a ton, tons and tons of plays like he did last year, you know. Um, but I certainly think his impact will still be there. I think Darius Leonard definitely showed that he deserves to be in the conversation for top linebacker, top couple linebackers in the league. And so I'm going to go under, but I definitely think that he will grow as a player in a lot of ways. Uh, and maybe they won't just show, maybe they won't show up on the stat sheet necessarily, but I think, so I'm going to say under for tackles, but I think, I think he's going to definitely have a better year in 2019. Yeah. I think what you're saying, as far as like his on-field IQ and all the other nuances of the game is going to really skyrocket in his second year. I think the number, like 150 to 160, like those are still amazing numbers, but I think those are yeah. around the line where he's going to finish as far as tackles go. But the new addition on the, on the defensive line, Justin Houston, his career high in sacks was 22. I'm not going to go that ambitious, but 10 and a half sacks for Houston this year. Yeah. I think that's another question about health, similar to Marlon Mack, is like, is Justin Houston going to be a guy that's going to be a 16 game starter for you? I mean, who knows? I mean, can he stay healthy? Um, you know, he's entering age 30 season now. And so, you know, is, is he becoming more injury prone now just with age is father time kind of catching up to him. Um, that's definitely a question. Um, but I think I'm going to go over just because of the, simply because of the production that he had last year with Kansas city. I mean, he was at nine and a half sacks and I mean, he didn't, I don't even know how many games he played, but he certainly didn't play 16 games last year. You know, he was injured. Uh, but I think he kind of found himself, uh, especially against the Colts. I think he had like two sacks against the Colts. Uh, and I think just with a healthy offseason, um, I think he can be a guy that can easily put up those double-digit sacks. And he also has guys around him like Jabal Sheard, who I think is a, a very good number two, very underrated player for the Colts. Um, and he's got some other guys in the interior. And so um, I think I think that's a good number to put it around. I think he's shown that he can do that, and he definitely has the ability to do that. Um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say over just, just slightly. I'm right there with you. I'm going to go slightly over too. I think somewhere around 11 or 12 might make sense. It all depends on health though. I think Houston, if he can play all 16 games, be in a rotational role with all these guys, I think he's going to make the team so much better on the defensive side of the ball. And I think 11, 12 sacks makes a lot of sense. We're, so we're both going over there. Our last over under Malik Hooker, his career high in interceptions is three Cody after a full year back in his ACL. He only had three last year. Do you think he's going to reach a career high now? I put it at three and a half. Oh, hundred uh, percent. I love Malik Hooker. I think that he definitely, uh, definitely wasn't feeling himself at the beginning of the year. I mean, it's natural because of the, you know, the ACL tear and everything, but I think we see as, you know, Hooker began to get back from that injury and began to find himself and, and realize, you know, how good he is and how good he can be as he began to get 
as healthy as he can be. He really was be, was becoming a factor down the line where teams wouldn't throw it deep at all against the Colts because they had Malik Hooker back there and just because of his ball hawking ability. And I think that's a compliment to Hooker. Um, and I so I definitely think he'll go over because I mean I think he was starting to get into form like I mentioned. And you look at him back when he was drafted his rookie year. I mean this guy was I think he had three interceptions in like the first couple games. And so this guy is a ball hawk, but it's, if he can stay healthy is another question. Um, but I believe that he can, and I believe that he will this season. And I think, I think he'll have at least five interceptions um, this next, this in 2019 uh, that I, I love Malik Hooker. Like I mentioned, I think he's a bit, one of the most underrated Colts um, on the roster. And I think that if he is fully healthy, I think he, there's no doubt he will be over three. Yeah, I think three or four, even five, like you said, I think makes a lot of sense for Malik Hooker. I'm going to go over with you as well. And before we go on to our quick prop bets, I wanted to ask you about Hooker just for a second. Do you believe that he's the guy going to year three now, falling the ACL, Terry's fully healthy now in a full offseason? We'll say he's getting built up to as well with his physicality and his body. But do you think that this is a year that Malik Hooker really breaks out on the national scene and really maybe brings home a Pro Bowl or an All-Pro performance? I I definitely think <laughs> this is so hard because a lot of these are with, you know, are they going to be healthy? But I think, so I'm going to, I'm going to go under the assumption that he's healthy and I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to say pro bowl prop, maybe not all pro just because there's some very, very good safeties, but I'm definitely, I, I think pro bowl is definitely very achievable for Mr. Hooker because he just, he's just shown how good he is and how athletic he is and how he can basically go across the field um, in very, very quick amount of time. And so I definitely think this is the year, you know, coming back from a serious injury like an ACL tear, um, now fully healthy. I think this is the year that Malik Hooker really breaks out for the Colts. Yes. Yeah, I think he's going to be a guy who's the prime breakout candidate for the Colts this year, especially for the 2017 draft class. But let's run to our rapid-fire prop bets here, Cody. First one up as far as I think there's about four or five on the list here we'll do rapid-fire for Naheem Hines or Spencer Ware? Who finishes with more touches or, so to say, who is the backup to Marlon Mack this year? Mm, that's a good question. It, it's, I'm going to go Spencer Ware um, simply because I think Naheem Hines will be used in a different role. Um, he'll definitely be used a lot. I think that the Colts will spread him out wide. They kind of used him in different games, kind of as that slot receiver kind of guy. Uh, so I def I think Spencer Ware will be um, just because he's the bigger back and he's kind of uh, he's a good nice compliment I think to Marlon Mack. So Spencer Ware, I'll go Spencer Ware too. But I think it's pretty close. I think if Naeem Hines breaks out this year, I feel like he is like a Darren Sproles type player. If he can realize and really play more in the tackle, so to say, when he runs, he could be a, a really valuable piece to this offense. And I'll go Spencer Ware, like you said, just slightly. Though I think it's a really close debate between those two guys for the backup spot to Marlon Mack. But our next one here. Anthony Walker or Bobby Okereke, the Mike linebacker spot, who has more stars? So this is betting on Bobby Okereke taking Anthony Walker's spot midseason. Think that happens? Uh, I don't, just because simply because Anthony Walker, I think, is is a nice presence in your defense. He's a nice leader in your defense, and I think he showed a lot of good things in his second year um, from a leadership standpoint, standpoint and just a performance standpoint. I think at least this year, I think Anthony Walker will play more games than Okereke. I definitely don't want to say that in the near future, uh, Okarike won't be taking that spot from Walker. I mean, I don't know. Um, but I think this year I will stick with Walker. I'm with Walker too. I, I think at least this year and then next year he's going to be the starter, but he, his contract runs out after the end of 2020. So not this year, but the end of next year, that could be a time where they kind of let him go. If he gets paid too much in the open market, but our next question here for you, Cody, 
Ben Banigou or Kamoko Ture? Who has more sacks? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to say I'm going to say Ture simply because I think Banigou will be lined up in different spots. You know, the Colts want to play him at Sam linebacker, where Ture is strictly your rush end. I mean, I think he'll get more opportunities maybe to rush the quarterback. So I'm going to go with Ture. Um, but I do think it'll be pretty close. I think Banigou will do a lot of nice things for the Colts. But simply from a sack standpoint, I'm going to go with Toure making the jump in year two. All right. I'm actually going to go with Banigou here. I feel like just because more usage, you could be on the field more. And also just because of speed. I think it's going to be really close though between those guys. I, I could easily see Banigou with six sacks and Toure with five and a half, so to say. I think it's going to be really close between those sure. two. But our, our second to final one for you, Cody. Rock Yassin or Quincy Wilson? Who starts alongside Pierre here? Ooh, that's a good question. I think ultimately it will be Rock Yassin because I mean, I don't think you draft a guy like that um, with that ability, you know, especially the man to man ability, like I, like I mentioned um, to just kind of ride the bench. Uh, so I think, I think it'll all come down to training camp because this is a very hard one because they're both very talented, you know, got players. I mean, they're both drafted in the first two rounds. And so I best both in the second round. And so I definitely, I think that rock will ultimately start for the Colts because I think the Colts like what he brings physicality wise. I think they like what he brings as far as man to man coverage, but I think Quincy Wilson will still see the field a lot, but as far as starting next to Pierre Desir, I think it'll be rock. Yeah. I think it'll be rocky ascent from day one too. I think like you said, training camp's going to be a big thing, but if you take rocky ascent with your first pick at 34 overall, I think he's going to be a guy who starts because they really value his press man coverage. He's going to be a really valuable piece next to Pierre Desir and the rest of the guys in that secondary, but our second to last one for you, six wide receiver and cornerback. Who's going to make the final spot for each position? Ooh, yeah, this is definitely something I've been thinking about because I'm just like, you know, first off, I want to say I'm like in love with the Colts cornerback group because there's so, so much talent there. Um, but I'll start with receiver first. Um, I definitely think so, but you got Hilton, you got Campbell, you got Funches, uh, you got Deion Kane coming back. Uh, I'm missing anybody. Um, Chester Rogers too. Oh uh, yeah, Chester Rogers, who I think the Colts like a lot, so we can probably say he's going to be on the roster. One guy that I think maybe will surprise people, and I don't know if he'll necessarily make the team, but one guy I think who will really surprise people is Marcus Johnson. I think that's the guy who's kind of been forgotten by a lot of Colts fans. But you look at that last game before he got injured. I guess he was injured this game, um, but against the Jets, he I think he really started to show what he can do. And I think the Colts like him. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Zach Pascal just simply because I think he did a lot of nice things for you last year. Um, he kind of showed some ability that the Colts like in their receivers. He's, I know he's a very good run blocker and the Colts like that other receiver. So I'm going to go with Zach Pascal ultimately, but I think definitely a dark horse candidate can be Marcus Johnson. Yeah, for receiver, I'm actually going to go really bold here, Cody. I'm going to go with an undrafted free agent with Penny Hart out of Georgia State just because I feel like mm. he can take that Zach Pascal role as kick returner and punt returner. He's faster than Zach Pascal. He really did well at Senior Bowl, too, which I know the Colts really value the Senior Bowl. I'm going to go with an undrafted free agent and Penny Hart for wide receiver. I don't know what you think about that, but what, what do, you, do you think there's any chance that the undrafted free industry continues? Because I believe it's 21 straight years they've had a UDFA made the team. Yeah. Um... Definitely, it will be a lot harder uh, to make the roster this year, which is a very good thing. I think it will ultimately. Uh, I think it'll be kind of the back. I don't think there'll be a starter that's an undrafted free agent for sure, but 
I think it will. I think it will in one of those, you know, like you mentioned, the number six corner, number six receiver. I think there will be a guy who kind of surprises us uh, that we maybe haven't heard of or maybe we have heard of in the case of Penny Hart. I think there will be at least one. All righty. So number six corner then, I, I believe – I was really looking at the depth chart a couple of days ago, and there's, I think, three guys for one spot here, and that's Jalen Collins, Chris Milton, and then Nate Harrison. So you got to pick one of those three guys who makes it. Mm. Yeah, that, that's really tough because Nate Harrison really had, I think, kind of a down year after he had, I think he had a pretty good rookie year. Um, Jalen Collins is a guy who definitely has second-round potential, so I think if he can live up to that potential, if he can stay clean, uh, I think he definitely has that Um I think I'm going to go with Colin simply because I think he has the most ability out of any of these guys. Um, yeah, I think he has the most talent. I mean, he's a former second round pick. I mean, he started in a Super Bowl, so he has experience there. Um, so I think if he can stay clean, if he can get back to where he was, I'm going to say Jalen Collins. That's a really good one. I think it's really close. If Jalen Collins can contribute on special teams, I'm right there with you. I'm actually going to go with Chris Melvin because he's our special teams ace and I don't know if Jalen Collins yeah. or Nate Harrison going to beat him out of special teams. So I'll go with Chris Millen. It's not the sexy pick, so to say, but I think he makes the team just because it's a special team. But final one for you, Cody. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate the time. Over, under, yeah. as far as wins for the Colts this year, I know Vegas has that nine and a half. And I'm screaming easy over there. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with you. Um, I think it definitely will be a lot more of a challenge. I think you won't see the Colts playing the Buffalo Bills next year like they were last year. Um, but I think I'm going to go over still. I think the Colts have a pretty good division, um, but I think they've all, they've upgraded a lot. Um, they got a lot more talent. Uh, and so I'm going to say over. Yeah. Hey, Cody, if you want to, before we let you go here, I know you had your podcast called the Cody Felder podcast. So if there's any listeners out there who don't know about your podcast or what you talk about, you have the four year for the last minute or so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So I just kind of do this podcast on the side. You can, you can search, on you know Apple Podcasts, um, you can find me on YouTube. It's just the Cody Foger Podcast. I uh, just you know every so often, whenever I have time, I just interview some people, uh, bring some people on, and just talk about the Colts, talk about different stuff. And uh, yeah, you can find me on there. You can also find me on Twitter at cpfelger55, um, and then you can also find me on Facebook. You can just search Cody Felger, and I'm on there as well. I, I try to crank out as much Colts content as I can. Um, I do work a full-time job, so it's sometimes not easy <laughs> as we, you know, talked about a little bit ago, it's kind of hard sometimes to schedule things, but I was glad that we could today. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where you can find me, um, just a couple different places there. And so, yeah, man. Hey, this is really fun, Cody. Appreciate the time. And Hey listeners, thanks again for listening into locked on Colts.